but wanted to just um, I'm glad you take the time to do this with us man this is this is cool you're one of the first people I think I followed on on TikTok when I jumped on there in January oh really oh nice I don't I don't, I don't know if it's because I kind of jumped in and I like art so I, I started following some art people and I think yeah how long have you been on there only since September so mm-hmm. I got in you know kind of like later than a lot of people but uh you know, it, it really blew up after the first of the year. And actually, I think it's even blown up even more since everybody's been hunkered down, right? So. Yes, um, I agree. I agree. We started around uh, December and it did. It's grown huge over the last couple of months because everybody has nothing really else to do to take up their time. <laughs> and what is a great time suck? TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> it is, right? It's almost Seriously. like you have to set boundaries. Right, right. Yeah, it's crazy too, because I mean, like, you know, you'll go through these waves of like, especially like you can get like being getting found by people. And even just today was weird. Like I've been getting like, you know, a couple, maybe a couple dozen people follow me um, during the week or, you know, in a day. But today, like, I don't know what I did. I, I have no idea what it did. But all of a sudden, I got like three or 400 new followers like that. Like, yeah, where, <laughs> where'd y'all come from? I, right? That's it seems like that happens for me too. It's just like, it'll just keep growing and growing. And then I'll have, I'll hit like a lull. It's really strange how it works. It's, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, that's, I wouldn't, they couldn't even, they couldn't even get me on at first. And then I did like three TikToks and my fourth one went crazy and it did yeah. what you're saying. Just a ton of people. I mean, I think all of my done so many videos and I think all of my followers and likes are in like, six of them (laughs) like 200 and some it's crazy how they'll just some of them will blow up but what 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 you can probably speak to because i i really like the way you you're very creative in the way you intertwine your business in Mm. your life like it's seamless you know it's a part of you where a lot of people it's kind of kind of wanky in a way yeah you're forcing in the pitch which yours isn't even a pitch. I mean, yours is just, you're just letting your passion for something bleed into your social media. Yeah. Well, and it, it is really, are we, by the way, are we, is this recording right now? Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Okay, good. Right. Yeah, <laughs> just I started make, it. Sure, like save the, save the gold for the real, for the real conversation. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. I started pretty much right away. Then I edit out until we can. Right on. We're good. So, I, you know, I went into it, you know, I've been doing different social media outlets for a while. And, um, you know, I, I jumped into uh, pretty much everywhere, but I'm one of those, except for the only place that I jumped in super early and got in early was Twitter. And then I just kind of fell out of love with that one. And so I didn't really spend enough time. Like I should be much more popular on Twitter because of my timeline there, but I'm not right. And whatever, that is what it is. But I've jumped into all these different platforms, but I never really hit them the right way. And, um, you know, I always do my due diligence, but, you know, it's like, you you know, they, it, the minute you start to feel like you've got a handle on something, they go and they mess with the algorithm and it changes, right? Yes. Um, you know, Instagram is a perfect example. Uh, it's just like, I love Instagram, or at least I used to love Instagram. And it's just like, and then Facebook just, just messing with it the last, you know, couple of years, 18 months, two years now. And, so it's impossible to get found organically anymore. But um, the only way I get found there organically is actually I tell people on my TikToks, go find me on Instagram. And so all these people from TikTok come and follow me on Instagram. Like that's where I'm growing. 
but TikTok is a different animal and it's obviously it's early, you know, early onset. And, you know, we, I, you know, we weren't one of the first generation people. We're not the, you know, the Charlie DeMillos or the, you know, the, you know, the different people they've got like millions and millions of followers. But I think that we're still at the early press of it. And when I went into it and I said, okay, I'm going to make sure that I take full advantage of this and use the platform for number one, how it's meant to be used. Right. Not like you said, Jeff, I'm not coming in here to just pitch. Like I'm in here to kind of show my humanity a little bit. I'm showing who I am as a, as an artist, as a person, having a little fun with it, understanding that the people that might be watching are significantly younger than me, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, just, you know, being okay with, you know, be making a fool out of myself once in a while, right. <laughs> Playing the right. game, so to speak. Right. Just being okay with that. And there's so many of my artist friends who are like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's like, it's because you're old. Because <laughs> you're old up here, right? Mentally, yes. Mentally, you're just old, right? And just like, and they want to, you know, they're looking to game the system and all this stuff. And I'm just like, just relax and go have a good time and share what you know and share the work that you're doing, you know. And it's just like, I don't know. I just try to be. I guess I just trying to be as true to myself and true to the art as possible, and you know, have a good time in the meantime. That's kind of what happened to me because I'm serious on every other platform most of the time. And uh, just in the business I'm in, consulting and, and insurance and just not a really, really, people see me as serious when I'm out mm. and I got a suit on and I'm teaching people or doing sales coaching. And then they find me on here and they, they, they don't believe it's me almost, you know, they yeah. like, you don't act like that's not you. So it's kind of freeing. And I never been able to do that, but this year it's been nice to do that. And what I've been able to teach kind of the people that, say we can't do social media in the insurance business or for this type of business. I said, social media, it's not, it's you sell you. And that's what I've been mm. preaching is be yourself. You'll get your crowd and they'll want to know what you do. They'll mm -hmm. want to know who you are and they'll buy from you, but you got to build that audience, which you're doing. And just doing, cause she's got a personal training business and she, well, she got in just to have fun and cut loose. And now she's grown her business from just, from TikTok organically, um, even more so, like you have. Yeah. It, it and it's it's really what I found is that it that freedom and that comfort level, you know, that people have with this, especially when you go on and you ch you check into the app for the first time and you start seeing that some of the most popular people are these, like you know, like yeah, you'll see you know this young teenage girl dancing, right? And then the next person will be like the, you know, a couple of blue collar dudes who, uh, who fill potholes, right. In it's Tennessee fun, or whatever. Man. And they're like, well, they're like some of the most popular guys on there. It's just like, it's like truck drivers and, you know, and iron workers and all the, you know, like artists and, you know, all kinds, like all walks of life. And so you just, you know, like, I don't know, it's just equal opportunity there. And, uh, you know, a good place for people to just kind of like shuck the, you know, take off the, the, the suit and tie before they walk in the room and, and have a good time and start to resonate with people. And as soon as you start to resonate with people on a human level, right. It's like, then people are like fully invested. They get invested right out of the gate. Right. That whole, um, what is it? Uh, no like, and trust right out of the gate. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, if they can relate to you on that level, then next thing you know, they're like buying your stuff. I mean, I've sold more stuff through TikTok to people on TikTok 
than I ever did on Instagram. And that's in the last six, eight months, mm -hmm. more than I've been on tick than I've sold on TikTok. I mean, I've sold more on TikTok than I did on Instagram over the last eight, nine years. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I find that too. I go, um, and like I said, when I joined TikTok, I, it wasn't the intention to do anything really fitness related on TikTok. It was kind of my outlet to get away from talking fitness, away from talking exercise and like show my goofy fun side. Um, but then when I, when I got over here to TikTok, I was like, oh my gosh, this platform is so huge. I've got to sprinkle a little bit of that in there. So I go live every day at noon. Well, I go twice a day, but every day at noon and do a fitness and nutrition talk. Oh, well, nice. I've tried to go live on Instagram so many times and it is not as easy. You'll get two, two viewers, three viewers. I go live on TikTok it, this afternoon. I went live and there was like 50 something. The platform mm. is so much bigger. The interaction is so much different on TikTok versus Instagram. And I've, you know, gained a few clients that are doing my virtual classes now since we can't get to the gym. So I have, like Jeff said, grow my business. But I do see what you're saying with the difference between those two platforms. And I didn't realize how big TikTok could be. I thought it was, like you said, where teenagers go to do their dances. Because we have teenage girls and that's what they do. Mm -hmm. And you know, she, my daughter tried They're to tell me. Now. She's trying to tell me, Mom, no, go over there. You have to, you would be so good at whatever. And I'm like, fine. And I did. And yeah, now she's mad. But <laughs> they love it though. That's they, they like having this on there for some reason. And their friends so, do. That's a plus. But. I'm just going to apologize in advance real quick is that, uh, you know, so we've, uh, we're all at home, right? So home life stuff comes up. And uh, there, so we had our gardeners come by and say he was supposed to come trim our trees this morning and he couldn't and so now of course now when i'm recording a podcast that's when he shows up and so oh, if, you that's hear, all right. if you hear chainsaws in the background that's why <laughs> that's all right it's fine it'll be it'll be a new experience <laughs> <laughs> now tell tell us a little bit because here's where i get interested because i i like to do art um mm. I, I don't make any money off of it the last thing i did is on my arm now i, I don't know if you've seen any of my tiktoks lately but i did one where i just two days ago spent three and a half hours with a tattoo artist getting getting starting a half sleeve i, I think I, I saw a bit of that but i don't think i saw i think or i saw maybe you were talking about it i can't remember i think i saw something yeah probably talking about it but i'm start i'm starting and it's all my art so he's just taking something i've done and he's putting it on me um so that's but so i do more drawing abstract stuff but to see the things that what blew my mind it inspired me is to see that the paint cans and the hats, and I don't mm. know if, if the hats are airbrush or spray paint, if you're strictly one or the other, or. I, I mix it up, I mix it up quite a bit. I do a little bit, I don't do airbrush. I, I used to have an airbrush, but I never used it. So I sold it and then people are telling me, oh, you should totally airbrush hats. I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> if only I still had it. Um, but no, so I do, I, you know, most of my work, whether it's the, you know, canvases, cans, hats, whatever I paint, skateboards, whatever. It's a mix of spray paint, uh, traditional acrylic paint, and then like say paint pens or ink pens or something like that. And so the hats, uh, to get, just to get the paint on the hat in the first place, I start with the spray paint, you know, but, um, but yeah, so I just mix it up like that just to kind of keep it fun and keep it kind of, raw everything i do is got definitely got a raw edge to it you know like i'm not uh, a meticulous line person by any stretch of the imagination so Same. so it uh you know i just like i like the 
almost the inaccuracy of it at times, you know, and there's some people out there that can do some pretty, pretty wicked line work with a, with a paint can. But uh, I'm, I'm more about like how much splatter can I get on everything? <laughs> right? Yeah. I love them. I love, I love that. I mean, I, I need to purchase one of the hats. I love the one with the skull on it and it has some splatter. Mm. It just, it's really cool, but it just yeah. blows my mind. Cause I mean, I don't know how you do it with the can. Like now I'm, I want it like we're, we're doing our, we're fixing our back table that shattered our outdoor table and mm-hmm. it, it shattered in the middle during a storm. It was all glass. So I got, I got wood and I, I want to paint it. And I'm like, I want to see if I can learn how to do this on whatever, just to start practicing. But I knew nothing about it. So I'm like, Oh, you have to have different tips. Mm-hmm. And you have oh, to for the, for the spray cans. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, you can really, I mean, it just depends. Right. And, and it also comes down to practice with that too, because like you can get the different tips, but if you're, if you're unfamiliar with it, the lines are not going to come out quite what you think. Right. It's about, it's about proximity to the art or to the rather to the surface. And then also like speed at which you press, right. Like and move along. Right. Cause you can go slower and you'll get a bigger line. You go fast and you get a tighter line and, some are fat this way and some are fat that way. It's like, you know, forgetting that kind of like, if you did like lettering, you wanted to do like a cursive or, you know, kind of like a cal- calligraphy type uh, lettering there, you know, There's all kinds of ways you can, you know, experiment with that stuff. And some of them are made to just like put a big fat, you know, blob of paint in a very short period of time. Yeah. I love spray painting. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not an artist by any stretch of the imagination. I can't even really draw a stick figure properly, but there's something about, I like to take things and spray paint them. And I'm actually pretty good at now. Stop laughing, Jeff. I actually am pretty good about spray painting things. And I just spray painted our bar out back and I did a good job on the bar, but what I didn't take into account was it was a teeny bit breezy that day. And I was painting the bar red and I came inside with a very lovely shade of pink hair. Oh, I saw that. I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that video. I did a great job uh, on the bar, if I do say so myself, but I, I, I've learned my lesson. Even the slightest of breeze can highlight your hair. Yeah. <laughs> she does all of the, she loves to spray paint. Like you just give her a can when it's, when it's covering something. So like the right. bar or the wicker, it's like she right. does such a good job of not getting any drips or anything. <laughs> so, but then of course but to do what you do like make the lines and draw the thing no we're not i'm not good there so i i respect your art i respect your craft very much so <laughs> it's awesome and then yeah. you paint as well yeah well and that's where it started really i mean it was all canvas right and it was, i was actually the cans came about completely uh i don't know it was like, I, I had no anticipation of ever painting a can, a spray can, right? It was like, I was painting my regular canvases and doing some, also some like stuff on small pieces of paper or whatever. And I watched a YouTube video of this guy. He's a, he's an artist. He was based out of Seattle. He's now Midwest somewhere, but his name is 10 hundred. And he does like wall murals and stuff like that. And um, he, he just was like doing this project where he was painting like a hundred cans and I'm sitting there in my studio when I'm watching this, I'm like thinking that's genius. Right. Because it's like, I would just take the dead cans and throw them in the trash normally. And it's like, Oh, this is like the total, the perfect upcycle. And like, so, I mean, natural and meta, right. It's like this idea of like, Oh, well be, let the 
thing that creates the art be the art, right? Well, and so, what's that? I didn't see that, I don't think. I need to show you that. I don't think she's seen that, but I, yeah, oh. he, that's where I actually, that's what caught my eye at first, because that was what I saw before the hats was, he de he designs pink, like he'll paint, he'll spray paint on paint cans, like spray yeah. paint. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah, it's awesome. I didn't know that part. Yeah. So it started to like, just like doing abstract designs and then I started incorporating like typography and whatnot, you know, just to kind of do some different stuff with it. So, you know, and people really resonated with it and it's so unique. And uh, I think a lot of people quite late, they're not quite sure what to think of it because it's like a, not a traditional art piece by any stretch, you know, yeah. but I think it's like, I think number one, it comes down to again, like your relatability to other humans and then them understanding more about who I am and that opens the door for them to be more receptive to new ideas in regards to the things that we make. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Mm. Cause it is so unique. And then skateboards, canvas, just all the different kind of cool, you know, cause I think that's what you want in your house. Now, at least us, we would rather have something less traditional and more unique that, that kind of like something like that setting up on the counter or on, on a shelf, even it just really, kind of brings up questions when you have company. Right. Over. I love it. Yeah. When, we, when we can have company ever again. Of <laughs> right. Exactly. We just had company last weekend. Well, yeah, we, we did, but you don't have you deviants, you deviants, you social. <laughs> no, I, I know. And it's, it is, it's like, it's always, no matter where, um, like other people talk about them and then they ask me about them all the time, right. Whenever I show them at different places and, you know, they ask about them. They're real conversation starter for sure. So, and, and that wasn't the intention. It was just one of these things. Like I'm always painting on something, and that was like this thing was just there. So I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing. It. Why not? You know. And now it's become a situation where I paint more things than I paint canvas or I paint on paper or whatever. You know. That's and, awesome. That's kind of wild. Yeah. That's. But then it's like the whole thing about it kind of kind of matches up with TikTok. It's like you re realize your creative side when you just let go and you be you and you don't really worry about worry about what people think. Mm -hmm. I think that's my struggle with art. Like I'm not, I work full time, so I can't put a lot of energy into it. So I'll sit at night and I'll draw either on my iPad or I'll paint if I can. But it's like, I have, a, I have people like I have someone now that, and I, I'm, going to try to do it for them but people want me to do tattoo designs mm. give me an idea or they'll want a piece and it it almost scares me to do it you know does it ever take the does it ever take the joy out of it for you or is the stuff you created it seems like you do it in a way that it couldn't because you create it organically and then you sell it rather than it being a custom piece or am i well, so some of the hats I've been doing lately have all been custom pieces and a couple of them have freaked me out a little bit, right? Because they're asking for things that are a little bit outside of my comfort zone, right? And not that I couldn't, you know, handle them all, but this idea of like, you know, like um, this one customer wanted a hat with a tiger on it mm -hmm. and everybody goes in with a custom and I tell them, listen, you know, I'm going to give you... I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my best to give you what you're talking about, but you need to understand that it's gonna be in my style. It's not gonna be like, I'm not gonna turn around and do like a fine art piece of a tiger that looks like a Japanese traditional tattoo or something like that. Right. It's gonna be, re it's gonna be respective to my own style. 
but even you know i don't draw tigers on a regular basis in fact i've never drawn a tiger in my life and to draw one on a piece of paper is one thing but then to draw the one and execute on a on a surface as as unique and um relatively difficult as a hat was it was like it scared me it scared me from the first minute like because i was practicing on a sketchbook i practiced and i practiced i practiced and then i was like at some point it's like okay at some point i got to jump from the sketchbook to the hat and i got to this point and i was just like i'm going in <laughs> just went and it turned out great it never turned out really really great and i was really proud of that you know but you know so i do do the i do customs but i i definitely have to you know keep that boundary of like saying like okay there's a there's a limit to what I'll do. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, but it's also, it, sometimes it's good to scare yourself, right? It's good to test your, test your boundaries, test your limits so that you understand more about your art. Am I going to continue to make a bunch of pieces with tigers on them? Probably not, but I know <laughs> I can, right? Yeah. No, can I can do it. Right. And you know, um, it's just one of those things. It's like, I, I wouldn't have known it until I tried it. Now I've got it. So it's in the, it's in the repertoire and it makes everything else that I do on a regular basis a little bit easier. Right. Yeah. It's always great to stretch yourself. Um, and that's the challenge, I guess. And the, the fun part in it is, is when you, when you actually do stretch yourself and you see that you can, you can create something a little different that you've never worked on before. So that's kind of cool to, to to hear that it worked out for you. Well, and that's you kind of are having that issue now because there are people approaching Jeff about designing tattoos because they see he drew one of mine, they see that he drew his, and now they're wanting. But he, you know, he he's comfortable doing that for himself, but to do that for someone else because you know a tattoo is a, you know is obviously on you forever, and so that's kind of like a sentimental special thing. And you know, I think that you're struggling with that a little bit, but you'll be like he just said, you'll be fine once sure, you do no, it, and it'll be great. Good, but it's kind of the same thing. I'm an overthinker. I can be an overthinker. So, and I want to, I want, if, if I'm going to do something for someone, I want it to be exactly what they want. So I'm not used to, I'm not used to creating something for someone else. All my art has always been just me and it's, it takes me to another place. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of it, it. When I'm stressed, I can sit down and kind of disappear into maybe just an abstract piece where I'm just either, painting but most of the time I'm on procreate with with a brush or a pen with my iPad and my iPad nice. or whatever it is Apple pencil and, and just get lost and all of a sudden it's two and a half hours later but <laughs> yeah. to, for someone to say okay here's what I want and then me sit down at night after I've worked all day you know and say all right I'm going to put this together in my off time and it's for somebody else it might not be as easy Mm -hmm. I got kind of got to feel it, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, having a connection to the art is definitely important, I think. And I think that honestly, I probably, uh, you know, I've known other artists who've done commissions for pieces and I, and I think that it's one of those sticking points where if you really like, you really just got to be super clear with that person that, you know, that, like what's true to your artistic nature, right? Because is, is if they're willing to be okay with that, like if they can be 100% hands off with it and be okay with whatever they get, right? Which is 
it asks a lot of them because they're obviously place, you know, putting a lot of faith in you and then the money that they're spending. But if they can do that, right, then it just alleviates more, uh, all the stress, not maybe not all the stress, but alleviates a good portion of that stress because then it's like, okay, I can be free. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, ultimately they're paying money and we want to, like you said, you want to, you want to give them whatever they want. And there's this, this thing going on in your head trying to justify, what does that mean? Does it mean whatever they want? I, that they want whatever I want they want, or is it what they want that they told me they want, but I said I'll do it this way, but it's really not that way, right? It's these wrestling, these things we, we put in our heads sometimes. And I think that the more often that you do them and the more often that you uh, get acceptance after you do them, sure, right? The, be- the more confidence you get in saying to other people, okay, this is just give you an example of what kind of stuff I'm doing. Right. right. So that they don't, that they're perfectly clear. And I think that, that that's great advice. Cause I really didn't look at it that way to make sure you have that conversation up front about expectations and what my limitations would be. And I think it's easier for me. Like a, a buddy gave me one to do, but he showed, he gave me a picture of exactly what he wants. That's no problem. Hmm. When somebody says, I want this and tells me, and then I need to create it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Matching up with their vision. Because what if they, well, how would you deal with it? Because I don't, I know how I would deal with it, but how would you deal with it if, if, if they give you the, just do what you think. Okay. And then they, and then you present it to them and they don't like it. That would like, Oh, I don't know. How would you deal with that? I think I'd be okay with it. If, if, yeah, if it's not like it's, it's a terrible piece of art, it's just, it's not what they're feeling. Cause I understand that it's something they want. It's, it depends on what it is. If it's a painting, that's one thing. If it's a tattoo, that's easier to accept. Sure. You know? Yeah. But like you said, you got to kind of get that. If it's going to be something like a piece of art that they're going to purchase and you're going to spend 15 hours on, they got to be able to let you do it. I think it's what Dave's saying and -hmm. accept the result. Yeah. And And I think most people who buy into that idea are, are open to that. I think I've found this to be true is that the majority of people who are willing to put, you know, um, to put money down on that and you're perfectly clear with it up front, they get it right out of the gate, right? Because if they, you know, you, you know, if you ask the right questions and you find out if you feel any kind of like apprehension, right. In the beginning, then you know that there's probably going to be a sticking point. Right. And so you can, you know, you get perfectly clear with them and then they just like, you know, if they're, if they're really interested in that, they'll, they're going to be okay with it in the end. That's I've, I've since doing these hats, I've never had anybody tell me they were not happy. Okay. And that's just because I was so clear from the get that, you know, it, it needs to be this way. This is the only way, right? I'll, I'll do my best to represent what you're asking for, mm-hmm. but this is what's going to happen. Right. So, and everybody's been cool. That's great. At least to my face. They've been <laughs> well. That's all. That's all I need. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> they pay you, and they're nice to your face. It's it's a success. Yeah. Um. I guess I was going to ask you: Have you always done art? Is it something that you kind of came into later in life, or have you, has it been something that you've done all of your life? Is it? Yeah. So I've always been relatively creative. 
I've always been interested in creativity and not just in art, but like, um, I, you know, I, I studied music as a kid and uh, I also, I've always been big into writing and, uh, they go, these things go in cycles. I mean, I don't make music anymore, but the, 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 the writing and the art, they all kind of go in cycles with me a little bit, but to be honest with you, like I was like intending originally out of school, I was thinking, Oh, maybe I'll go study art, whatever. And I just didn't feel motivated enough to do it. And I also, you know, I didn't have the proper direction to point me that way. Like I wasn't being pointed in the right direction for it. And so I, I was kind of listless when I got out of um, you know, primary school and I didn't know what I was going to do. And then, I started, uh, you know, I went to school for, I, I can't remember what stirred me this direction, but I think it was maybe a, a college professor or an advisor told me that I should look into marketing, right? Because it's you know, creative to some degree, right? And I'm like, all right. So I started going down that road. And while I was in school, I got a job as an intern working for a marketing company and I hated it. I hated that job so bad. Right? I hated it so much that I thought this is like my life is a joke. Right now, I don't like what I'm studying in school. I don't like what I'm doing in this job. I'm done. So I bailed and I uh, went to work as a bartender. Wow. And then, you know, <laughs> so I'm working as a bartender and I'm spending my days like hanging out in places like record stores and bookshops. And what I'm finding is I'm gravitating towards the magazine rack and I'm buying magazines that are about art and about design and about all this creative stuff that, you know, like I didn't really, I couldn't really put my finger on it at the time, but I knew that there was something that I wanted to be doing with it, but I just didn't know. I didn't know what graphic design was, mm -hmm. but you know, through discussions and talking to other people, I finally figured it out. So I went, you know, when I finally decided like, okay, I'm going to study this. So I went back, started taking some more art classes. Then I started taking some design classes and I got my degree in design finally. And you know, I'm, I'm kind of doing the reader's digest version here, but, uh, you know, I got a design degree and I got a job working for a boutique design agency and I was doing really great work and having a lot of fun. And then I got a different job working for a magazine publishing company and have, still having a good time. But magazines being what they are, they are, uh, you know, they're a feast or famine situation. You're either working on them or you're not working on them and it's every single month. And so when you are working on them, there's very little time for actual creativity because you're just trying to hammer out the pages as fast as you possibly can. And at a certain point in my career there, I was thinking to myself, like, if I don't do something else other than this, like I'm going to lose this, I'm going to lose my creative edge because I was just doing production work. And so I was like, I need to do something. So I picked up a canvas and I just started painting things and just like, you know, you're doing Jeff just for fun, right? I'm just mm -hmm. trying to have a good time with it. And then I just really enjoyed it. And that was 2007, I believe, is when that actually started. And so, uh, you know, pulling in all this stuff that I've learned from graphic design school and then also some of the art classes, you know, I started pulling this stuff in and just started experimenting and playing with different things that I would do design-oriented projects for myself and I would do art-oriented projects for myself. And it's just kind of like, you know, kind of grown and congealed and become this thing that where I'm at right now, where it's like this, this, like I've got things over here and things over there and they're kind of 
they almost look disjointed at times, but it's just like, I just need to get this different, all these different types of uh, creative expression out whenever I can. So, yeah. So really, I guess the short story was like always been creative, but really started about 2007. That's when I kicked it off in the high gear. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's what you got out of kind of the, the, the trap that we get stuck <laughs> in where you know that it's not what you want to do. And it's nothing, you know, it's not your, your passion or your purpose and you stay in it for some, you know, for, for, for the bills or for whatever the reason may be. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty cool to hear that you, you know, were wise enough at that time to start creating. Yeah. You know, and, and then at a certain point it was, well, I remember exactly it was 2013 and I was, uh, at my job and I just remember thinking to myself like I want to go and do this thing for myself full-time and I was trying to make this plan that was early 2013 it was about February and I said okay I'm gonna give myself I'm gonna save a bunch of money and so the end of the year I'm gonna go and we're gonna we're gonna do this full-time and I'm gonna do it right and I was getting all ready to do that and I probably wasn't doing as well as I possibly could to be preparing, but I kept having this talk with myself of like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Right. So then May comes around about this time, as a matter of fact, right. It was the 20th and I got it to clear in my head, May 20th. And I come into the office and they, we find out that they had sold off the entire division that I worked in sold it to a different company that was, you know, uh, based in another place completely. And they essentially laid off most of the workers, except for some of the editors and the salespeople. And I, everybody else was freaking out, right? They're like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? And I couldn't have been happier because it was like, this is the greatest day of my life because this is the, this is like, uh, you know, sink or swim situation. Um, coupled with a big fat severance check. So, you know, <laughs> it made for a good situation. And that was, like I said, 2013. And I've kind of been doing my own thing ever since. And, you know, like some years are better than others. And some years are all art. Some years are more design stuff. And, uh, you know, just make, you know, make it go and uh, keep going. And this is, I have a feeling that, I mean, even despite where we're at right now with our current situation, um, I think 2020 is probably going to be my best year yet. So we'll wow. see. Fingers crossed. I mean, we'll see if I can get back to, you know, getting to a situation where I can start selling in public places sometimes, right. you know, hopefully, you know, like, you know, hopefully they don't kill off the entire show season. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm making other plans to make sure people find me in other ways. Right? I'm, sure. I'm really yeah. building up my Facebook ad education <laughs> Yeah, it's forcing you. And that's funny you say that because I I was kind of the same way when they first shut everything down, the gyms and such. And I, I kind of panicked for a second because I do have a teeny tiny online thing going on. But my focus was, you know, in gyms, live people. So when I, after the shock wore off, I, it forced me to get creative with Zoom and with this. And actually I am growing my business now more now. So it is kind of interesting how this adverse, this it's, it's unfortunate but at the same time, like you just said, 2020 could be my best year too. Absolutely. You know, cause I've already grown my online. So now I have my online kind of growing. So when I go back into the gym, I'm going to continue to keep those people 
and then be live as well. So I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, you know, we'll see, but I think it could be a good year. You wouldn't yeah. have thought so a month and a half ago or, you know, right. you thought, oh no. When we were in the panic stage of, oh, this is, you know, whatever, but. I, I yeah. like the fact that you kind of got that. If you believe in signs, it's almost like you walked into work and you were like, probably not ha not only happy but relieved and on top of it to get a severance check you know yeah. you're just to kind of push you to say if you're not jumping out of the plane here you go yeah you're good. what's crazy the most crazy thing about it is about that day and i still i i just was thinking about it now is that so i walked into work and my buddy and I would carpooled in and carp and the traffic was a little bit rougher than normal. So we got there a little bit late. We got there like nine 15. There was already a hand, all hands on deck meeting scheduled at nine. And I'd gotten an email, a, a supposedly I got an email at like eight o'clock or eight 30 about this all hands on deck meeting, but I didn't have access to my email until I got to the office. Right. So here it is nine 15. The meeting's already happening. I don't, I go, I get into my desk, I sit down in my cube and I'm like, oh, I do not want to be here today. And the, my copy editor who was right, sat right in front of me, a cube next to me, she's like kind of laughed nervously at me, but I don't think she, uh, she knew anything was going on either. And so then I open the email and, uh, and then see it like all hands on deck me like, oh my God, what's going on, right? So I run out to the hallway to see if I can find somebody from the team. And here's one of my fellow art director buddies, and he's got this sullen look on his face, like, oh, it's the worst thing. He's got the yellow packet, right? The packet, the manila envelope full of, like, stuff you need to know. Like, and my eyes got this big, like, <laughs> and then my heart was, like, freaking out a little bit. But inside, it was, like, going, oh, my God, this is happening. This is happening right now. I can't believe it. It's almost like I manifested. I sat down in the desk and said, <laughs> I don't want to be here right now. And, uh, and so, and they made it happen. Right. So then all the process went through and I, you know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there with this big grin on my face as I'm talking to the HR person and they're probably thinking I'm a lunatic because I'm like shaking hands. Thank you very much. Right. Right. Yes. I, I, I go to the local Starbucks, which is probably like less than a mile away. And I have my laptop and I just, I start writing a blog post saying the color of the day is pink. And I basically say, this is it. We're going. We're jumping in. The thing that I told you I was gonna do, I'm doing. Let's go. Right. So it's the best, 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 and scare one of the scariest days ever, but definitely one of the best days. Ever, right. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, I'm I'm so glad that you uh, took the time to to come on and talk to us and tell your story. It's an amazing story. I want to I want to hear more of it at some point. And I I want to get it. I want to get an Ange Fit Co hat. You want to get an Ange Fit Co hat? Yeah, you think you can do that? <laughs> you know, of course. Custom <laughs> orders. 100%. And I'm not a picky person, whatever you're feeling. <laughs> no, she's the one that goes and they, they design a tattoo for her. I draw one and it's like, I'm the one that says, I didn't really look at it. Are you sure? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's great. Let's do it. <laughs> whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for coming on. And it was very nice to meet you. Yeah, it was nice to meet y'all too. Awesome, so thanks. Man. Okay. Well, maybe we'll do a follow-up sometime soon. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Please do. Yeah, I'd love to. I see the sunshine. Enjoy it. I know, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's getting right through the window, right? It's coming right. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> well, have a great night. All right, you too. Take Thank care. Thanks, guys. You. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. All right.
right.